We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode, a special Memorial Day weekend episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. This is so weird not talking into a mic, Andrew. Oh, I know. I, I can't relate because I have a mic and it works, but it it is kind of weird. Also, let's good just, to be back. Let's just tell the story. Jeremy Cohen is with us, of course. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, here with a mic. How are you? <laughs> Fuck you. It's a little, a little too early for an F bomb in the episode. Andrew, keep that in. Though. It's Memorial Day. You, you think I'm gonna cut out? Uh, the, the, that's John. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Andrew Claudio. Listen, let's Andrew Claudio being just an extraordinary human being as he's dealing with. Personal trials and tribulations, which I don't know if he wants to get into. I, ha- I have I had COVID this week, guys. Okay, I'm at the tail end of it. I'm fighting. I'm like, it's really more of an energy thing at this point, but I I'm okay. I I Roe got it much worse, but but it hit our household, and you know, now my yeah. sleep my ski my sleep schedule is when I'm tired. I sleep even with that, mm-hmm. and pl- and planning a wedding, and producing multiple podcasts and just being a general good guy. There's a lot to do. He found time to, if you're watching on the YouTube, send this to me in the mail. This is a, what do you call this? A flag. Is that what it is? Really? Yeah. It's a mic flag. So for those who have ever watched like the news and you'll see like for SNY, when Ian Bagley's doing his stand up, uh, stand up shots, 
from a arena or something. He'll have a microphone and you'll see an, a blue SNY like square thing around the microphone. That's called a mic flag. And you probably have seen that in the last couple of weeks, I had one on my microphone because I wanted to see what the angle is. For those on YouTube that see it, if you want to go to the Final Review YouTube channel, there's a second side of my flag that has Final Review logos on it. Shout out to one of our contributing um, graphic designers, Lori Claudio, my mother, who created this for me and then created one for John and Jeremy as well. Which you sent to me and I attempted to put on my microphone before we started recording, which required me to unplug... What do you call it? A mini US, whatever. It doesn't matter. The the cord that goes into the box mic broke. And then when I and then when I went to go plug it back in, it stopped working. So this is me without a mic. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, Andrew. Sorry, Jeremy. That sounds like you're blaming uh Lori for my my mic not working. And we respect mothers on this podcast, John. So choose your words carefully, please. It's all your fault, mom. Patron Lori Claudio yes. of the Next Film School podcast. Um, Lori, all lies. <laughs> I, I, I've never met you in person, but I love you. I look forward to meeting you with Andrew's wedding in about a year. Anyway, um, how you doing, guys? Jeremy, Lane, doing all right. You know, we're going to take a small, quick break from Cap or No Cap. Be back at it next week. And should probably also mention this is uh, Friday before Memorial Day weekend. We've got plans and things we want to do. So I wanted to get this episode out there. So doing all right. Otherwise, Um, before we do today's exercise, which I'll explain in a second, um, on a scale of one on a scale of uh, with DEFCON one to DEFCON five, which is which is the worst DEFCON one. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So on a scale of DEFCON 5 to DEFCON 1, um, how worried are you? Let's pretend we all desperately want Jalen Brunson on the next next year. How worried are you that um, Cuban, after the Mavs were eliminated last night, as again, as we're recording this, we're putting it on Friday, said we could pay him the most money, said that out loud. And then today, the GM of the team um, t- basically said some more comments like, we're going to have competition for him, but we want him back. We believe he wants to be back. Like basically they're talking as if he is going to be back. Jer- Jeremy, one DEFCON one to DEFCON five. How, how much do you put into those comments? I'll say three because what else are they going to say? That's fair. Like they were just laying out what their leverage is. Their leverage is that they can offer a fifth year. They can offer 8% raises over 5%. Um, they have to essentially like they could just re-sign him using bird rights versus another team potentially having to clear some cap space in order to get him. Like to me, when I was watching what Cuban's interview and, and how he came off, it just felt like you know, boilerplate jargon of, yeah, this is what we've got here. We want jargon. Back. It seems like he wants to be back. It didn't tell me anything new. And I don't think yeah. we're going to see anything new unless there are these reports and, you know, we'll talk about this more later, but the one thing I'll say leading up to it, Woj talking about cap space and how the Knicks don't have it. So they're out and it's just gross. It's gross because if anyone should know about the dynamics of how easily things can move in the market it should be Adrian Wojnarowski. And so for him to say that it's just, I don't know, his, he must be absolutely yoked 
from all the water he's carrying. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. No, listen, jokes aside, why else would he? Like, Someone's not going after Mike, Mike Schmidt's uh, job at uh, ESPN, I guess. I'll leave that for Chris Persiano, but ooh. ESPN, you heard it here first. Chris, Chris Persiano is available for hire. Well, we'll create a bidding war, though, if you'd like. True. And then, we have Chris's bird rights. Yeah, you have to buy him from us, okay? <laughs> Chris Max got her property. <laughs> no, he's just under contract with us, is all. You know? I, think, I think Chris it's, is more like a mid level exception. Fine. You still have to trade for him. We'll take Malika Andrews. I was about to say, we got <laughs> And she could do our post games going forward. <laughs> so we're throwing John into the package as well, then. Oh, it's a two for one. I okay. think so. I am. I am. I am. The I promise their mic. I'm tired. their mics will work. Is, no. is John essentially Patrick Ewing in the year 2000? Basically, where it's like, and we're getting going salary. Glenn Rice who's, and Michael no, hold on. Who's yeah. the Who's the biggest salary filler? I, I should know this. Who's the biggest salary filler? That's ever, that's ever, like strictly for, for salary filler. In an NBA deal, I'm trying to think. Well, Russ anything. made probably the most before being Russ and John Wall. John Wall was a salary yeah. filler, so I'm John Wall in this in this scenario. I can still play. Yeah, ESPN's going to tell me to go sit on the sidelines. I was going to say, <laughs> we'll just wait until your contract runs out, and then uh, you're free to go. Man, you guys don't know what you're missing, ESPN. Really, seriously, no, um, we're missing Malika, but we'll have her, so it'll be great. <laughs> everybody's happy except me. <laughs> You get to work for ESPN. I get to get paid by ESPN. It's not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. Um, That's enough of this. Uh, Yeah, I'm like DEFCON 4. Uh, I I, I don't pay any attention to it. It's ultimately, I think this is a a Jalen Brunson decision, which we will get into uh, soon on a uh, cap or no cap coming to a podcast near you. In the meantime, um, we're going to have a little fun today. Uh, So the Knicks, as you may have heard, Got the 11th pick in the NBA draft. Hooray. Um, so some people may not know a lot about the history of the 11th pick. It's it's not a top 10 pick. It's indeed the first pick outside the top 10. So we are going to try to, in a fun and creative way, inform folks about the history of the 11th pick and the fact that you can get a pretty good player at 11 if you know what you're doing, which hopefully the Knicks do. And we are going to have a draft between the three of us, Andrew, myself, Jeremy, in which we pick uh, five-man teams uh, composed of players, only players who have been picked with the 11th pick uh, throughout NBA history. Can I ask a rule clarification? Sure, go ahead. Are we making actual basketball teams that make sense, or are we just picking the best five guys? Best five guys. Okay. That's what I thought. I think in the spirit of this exercise, that makes the most sense. I agree. Uh, how are we determining who gets the first pick? We do the card game and hold on a second. This is all going to get cut. I'm going to go get my card. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do our uh, draft order for the 11th pick draft. For those of you that don't join us for our Patreon, um, when we do these drafts and select a draft order, first of all, sign up for our Nick's Film School Patreon. We have up to, I think we're up to 47 extra episodes that you can enjoy on the channel. Um, John and I have been doing these reactions to playoff games. Um, at the time of recording, we haven't recorded it yet, but you will get our reaction to the end or what I think would be the end of the Eastern Conference Finals, regardless of when that is. 
Um, but what we do for the draft order is I have a deck of cards and we will do high card draw for every single person that is in the draft order. And literally in order of highest card to lowest card will be one, two, and three. Uh, John, Age of Four Beauty. So your card is... Hey, I'm going to hold it up for everybody. Your card is an eight. All right. I'll take it. All right. And then Jeremy... Oh, you know, it's my, I'm the second one. Okay. Age Before Beauty. That's right. Okay. Next up. Okay. My pick is the four. Great. All right, Jeremy. Let's see what you got here. Jeremy's card is... Let's say shuffle. Okay. Jeremy, your card is the king jeremy gets the first pick king you know of the castle i'm i'm actually happy about that i i was going to be left with a tough decision that i don't have to make that so i promise no collusion because of the guys that i'm targeting and my cheat sheet here i actually was kind of hoping for the third pick because we're going really we're going snake so we're going back to back so like three gets back to back one gets back to back and so on and so forth i look forward to okay yeah. All right. All right. So Jeremy, with the first pick in the first ever uh, draft pick draft, because I, I think if this works, we can just kind of do this all summer. And hello, content. Um, Jeremy, the first pick in the 11th pick draft is. Mm. First pick in the 11 pick draft. I got to go with uh, number 11 in 2011. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Did you think he was going to fall to you, Andrew? Yes, because I do. There are two Hall of Famers ahead of him. There are two Hall of Famers on the list. I figured those two would end up going one and two, and then I could take my Warrior. But oh well. Mm-mm. No, I'm going with Clay. Yeah, you know, obviously pre-injury, one of the greatest shooters of all time. Still one of the greatest shooters of all time. Taking him with ease. Not even giving it a second thought. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I b- potentially about to be a four-time NBA champion. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. I mean, yes. Uh, granted, the other conference can kick rocks. So I'm with you. Yes. What are you thinking, John? Well, no, I'm just, I'm still processing you actually thinking that you had a chance to get it, Clay Thompson. I, I mean, this is why I, I didn't know who... I know John's sensibilities with... Drafting. I've only drafted with Jeremy once. I didn't know the direction okay, you were going to go. That's fair. You were hopeful. That's great. It's yeah. good to be hopeful. Well, it was admittedly between Clay and Bonzi Wells. So obvious. Man, you're ruining my draft. Well, I was about to say, don't throw out names. Come on. No, 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 no. No more of that. Okay. Um, wasn't actually going to pick Bonzi. To, to me, <laughs> you don't say. We to may me, end up at the end of this draft looking for straws here. So. No, because, I mean, look, I'm taking Reggie Miller. And I would, I, full disclosure, I would have taken Reggie Miller first. Although I think. There was at least an argument about Clay versus Reggie because I my my own two cents about Reggie and look I'm uh, uh, for anybody who doesn't know I'm a Nick fan um, I hate Reggie Miller he's my least favorite player in NBA history uh, he's the Antichrist um, he's still a superstar though right but yeah he is yeah. and that's because I witnessed him break my heart I, I not witnessed him break I my heart broke many times because of Reggie Miller. And I watched him in many other contexts in which he did a lot of things and scored a lot of points. I mean, 
uh, we this is more in the context of like our drafts with uh, with Oz and and Yash over the summer, Andrew. But like, you know, where do advanced stats come into this? And the fact that Reggie Miller has uh, basically twice as many win shares in NBA history as the next highest eleventh pick. Mm-hmm. Um, he statistically, it's not a case. That being said, uh, Clay Thompson. If you want to tell me that Clay Thompson's peak is higher than Reggie Miller's peak, I'll hear that argument. I don't know if I agree with it, but I'll at least hear the argument. And then obviously you have championships and whole thing, and and that's all like last five or fourth quarter of a big game. Would you rather have Reggie or rather have Clay? I, you know, it's kind of, but anyway. Uh, so I'm taking Reggie, and I'll I won't say anything else until after Andrew picks. So. I mean, look, if you've listened to our Patreons, everybody, our Patreon episodes and have heard my admiration for the Golden State Warriors, my um, standing for Clay and how if I think when we did the two man draft, John, where we went around the league and drafted two players at a time, my first or second pick was Stephen Clay. It was like if Clay's healthy, that changes everything. That sounds right. Yeah. So I yes, I was hopeful that maybe one of you would go with the uh, hall of famer who made all NBA in 1985. The I'm pretty sure two time NBA champion, Ralph Sampson um, as the number one of the first two picks, but I'll take Sampson with the third pick. Um, the actual person I would take with my personal first is who I will take fourth with my other pick. Um, but I'll get to him in a second. Ralph Sampson, his first three years, 21 a game, 22 a game, 18 a game, um, 21 and 11, 22 and 10, 18 and 11. And then obviously found a role on the Celtics in the 80s. Uh, this Wait, is, wait hold, on, hold on. Ralph Sampson? I think I'm looking at Ralph Sampson. Yeah. Ralph Sampson Jr. No, that's Ralph, Sam- Ralph Simpson. What did I say? Ralph Sampson. Oh this my God! Thing isn't it, Ralph Sam? I Ralph Sampson of, of Ralph Sampson was one of the most ballyhooed first picks of all time, and, and led the Houston Rockets to the finals. He was the first pick in the draft, my friend. Ralph Simpson was in 1972. Thing. You did a thing. Are we John, leaving this in, John? It kind of sounds in? like Andrew has picked Ralph Simpson. I can't. He's not eligible. Ralph he's not Simpson eligible. is was taken in 1972. Right, but I've wrong. never said the name Ralph Simpson. You just this did. Draft. There you oh, go, God, Jeremy. No, okay. You said so Ralph, Ralph Simpson in this draft. I right, what are we gonna do? you can't. I didn't take Ralph Simpson. I took I took Ralph Simpson. who's not eligible. That breaks my heart. When I did, looked at the cheap, she's like, "Oh, Ralph Simpson." Draft as a, as a yeah. character in the animated television show The Simpsons, I think your <laughs> pick may have been very. Uh, it would have fit right in. Yeah. Okay. Did Omar marry Ralph? I deserve it all. Feels, this. Keep it coming. It it fit. I mean, well, no, that was Ralph Wiggum, but in, in spirit, I think it's it's uh, it's Ralph. Pick. It's not my pick. Like it, I deserve the ridicule. We'll give you. We'll give you the research. pick. We'll give you the pick back. Mm-hmm. But, but when you, that's why when you were like Hall of Fame, I thought you were going in a different direction with Hall of Famer. But I because there is a whole another Hall of Famer that was taking there is, the pick. I think I will. I'm gonna triple check my research now. Wow. So that's not who I thought it was. Wow. That, no, it's not. That Ralph, changes everything. Shout out to Ralph Sampson, who had a fantastic college collegiate mm-hmm. career and then um, uh, made the all-star team in his first four seasons as a pro before uh, injuries got, got the better of things. 
<laughs> yeah, Jeremy, every, uh, Andrew, I, who's your third pick? Alan Houston. All right. That's that's who I'm going with. That's the first pick because he's my favorite Nick ever. Is he really? I, I didn't know that. Yes. The same way that like Spreewell's your favorite Nick ever. Yeah. Houston's my favorite Nick ever. The first ever time I emoted as a Knicks fan was that running jumper against the Heat, which is why out that in my old den when I was back at my parents' place, um, there was a poster of that running jumper, which is somewhere in storage. And whenever we buy a house, it will get posted back up. But yeah, then the contract, I think it's gets gives him a bad reputation because people look at the contract like, oh, he's a waste of a contract. That's I, all I think of him as. And it's like, I know. Blame him for taking Scott Layton's money. Like he, he was it's, also like really good the first two years and then he got hurt. It's interesting. I think the conversation you're having or the talking point you're making right now is for me more, far more interesting for Stoudemire because like Houston gave us great playoff moments, gave us a finals run, gave us two all-star appearances, like gave us a lot of stuff. And then after all that, the contract happened. And yet he's still like on like leaderboards for points and this and that three point percentage, three pointers made the whole thing. Like Stoudemire gave us a half a year, but in any case, I, it's a valid, it's a valid thing. Quite literally a half a year. And Alan Houston in the only finals run where as a Knicks fan, I got to enjoy because I was not following basketball in 1994. Um, had 32 points in game six against the Pacers and a 90 to 82 win against the Pacers. He shot 12 for 17 in that game to clinch the Eastern Conference title. And then the Knicks only win of their series against the Spurs. He had 34 points. Um, yeah, Alan Houston, that that's the sweet stroke of his jump shot, I think would age very well today. And, and I mean, you took Clay Thompson. There's a lot of Alan Houston in, in Clay Thompson's game. So yeah, um, I'll start there right. with Alan Houston. And then I got to make sure I don't take somebody that was accidentally a, a lottery, a number one pick overall. Do you, do you want to take, uh, I'm trying to think of something. Michael good. Jordan is not eligible. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No, not if eligible. You add, if you add an extra one, it's the 11th pick. You nope. want to take Gary Trent Jr.? <laughs> I did notice that the, there's a Gary Trent that was taken with the 11th pick and also drafted in 1995. So the, yeah. his son is in the NBA, mm -hmm. but he was drafted. Like, that just let me know how old we are, that Gary Trent was in 95. And I was like watching there, basketball in 95. There's some like odd statistical or some uh, not statistical quirks, but like in regards to like trades that happen between team, like between Gary Trent and Gary Trent Jr. Anyways. Okay. Uh, you need to make another pick. I will go with a guy that from 1982 I know. Okay. to yep. 1987 averaged 26 a game on 54% shooting for Denver and Portland. I will go with Kiki Vanderway with my second pick. Um, surprisingly, with like multiple years averaging at least 20 a game, 26 a game. So in order, 26, 29, 22, 24, and 27 um, is what Kiki Vandeweghe averaged in the 80s with the the rise of the NBA and, and faster paced basketball. Um, this guy one year, I mean, on one attempt a game, shot 48% from three. Um, but that led the league that year because, again, one attempt from three. Uh, one of the better pure scorers only made two all-star teams. But for the 11th pick, I think he scored the top. So Kiki Vandeweghe would be my second pick.
Okay. Um, Do you love me? Ah, what is that? That's, that's a Drake? Drake song. It took me a second, but that's a Drake song. Oh, it's a Drake. Oh, she's the uh, the the gentleman. Who, Jen, John, you could say literally anything right now. It won't be as embarrassing as the draft I've had. He's the one in the cube, the multicolored cube. Yeah. That's yes. Hotline bling. Okay. Maybe yes. I was wrong. I think you say, oh, it's Degrassi actor. That actually Drake. would have been better than the one in the cube. <laughs> Not yeah. arguably the biggest rapper alive right now. Is he oh, really? Tupac's still with us, but yeah. Nah, touche, Jeremy. Touche. All right. Um, I'm really happy you went with Kiki because he is a guy who put up a lot of um, numbers and one uh, nothing, a- absolutely nothing, uh, leaving for me a not one, not two, not three, four-time NBA champion. Although uh, the last one of those championships came when he was already kind of a bit player on the 1984-85 Los Angeles Lakers, but we won't hold that against him. Uh, Jamal Wilkes. So Jamal Wilkes was the 11th overall pick in the draft in 1974. Despite being the 11th overall pick, uh, he went on to win Rookie of the Year and help his uh, Golden State Warriors win the NBA championship in his rookie season. Uh, Spent some good years in Golden State, made an all-star team in his second year there. Um, But after his third season, ended up uh, with the Lakers, which is where he spent the rest of his career. Actually, no, sorry, not the rest of his career. He finished off with the Clippers, but um, spent the next eight years of his career winning three championships, uh, making two more all-star teams. And, uh, you know, Jamal Wilkes is not a guy who's like, was ever in consideration for like one of the top 10 or probably even like top 15 players in the sport, but like, you know, we finished, 10th in MVP voting one year. He made a couple of defensive teams. Uh, just a really solid player. He was an instrumental player in those early Lakers teams, the first half of the, the decade before they kind of transitioned to what, what became the second half. Um, yeah. Jamal Wilkes, rookie of the year, by the way, in a year in which Bill Walton was drafted. That's it's not bad. So here's the draft I'm having right now, guys. The cheat sheet that I sent you guys, the shout out to Basketball Insiders, they did a history of the 11th pick, um, said Keith Wilkes was the 1974 first pick. Had no idea that was actually Jamal Keith Wilkes um, and didn't even look up Jamal Wilkes. I had no idea he was even eligible and just rewatched a whole bunch of games of the 80s Lakers and watched winning time. So good pick, John. Probably the correct pick. Um, yes. Although I should say uh, Jamal Wilkes, not the best player drafted. In the 1974 NBA draft, um, Bill Walton aside, uh, George Gervin, 40th pick in that draft, but of course did not go um, and play in the NBA um, right away because he was uh, playing in the old ABA. So anyway, that's my pick. So I'm starting off with uh, Reggie Miller, Jamal Wilkes. I like this. This is a very John draft so far. It is. My John draft. It's a good draft. Two all, we're missing on our, all we're missing on our bingo card is the guy who was drafted 11th overall in 1954. Yep. He's going to start pulling those out yep. at the end of the draft. This player in 1957 recorded the first single double. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm go- now I'm gonna go and find the guy who drafted 1954. Please C- continue I, I you on do. your merry way. Because you didn't yeah. have you don't have a cheat sheet of every <laughs> territorial 11th pick. 
right there in front of just, you. Just continue with your business. Jeremy, you have two picks. Go ahead. This man was the only good player in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> in 1947. Why do you sound like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> Definitely did not. I was going for more of an, uh, like an, a 50s announcer voice, even though I said 40s. Uh-huh. You know. you, oh, so, okay. Like you're, you're announcing the game, the ball, the championship game in a league of their own. That guy. Pretty much. There yeah. you go. All right. Now, I will not be selecting the player who's drafted 11th overall in 1954 because he never played an NBA game. So, ha. Sounds like a prime opportunity. There's a lot of untapped potential with that player then. With Bob Uh, Maddock? Yes, there is. Okay. Please. I got the next two. Perfect. So, um, I'm going to roll with DeMontis Sabonis. Mm. Wow. Okay. I got to be honest, Jeremy, I was, I just, was talking to Oz and I told him like Sabonis might be one of the eight best 11 picks ever when you really look at it. That's not a bad pick at all. Yeah, he really might be. I mean, two-time all-star consistent pretty much or just about like 20, 10, five guy. Kind of like Julius Randle, by the way, the great Julius Randle, possibly the best seventh overall pick in History. If any teams are listening to this, he's great. Take him. He's trade for him. Uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's an incredible passing big man. It'll be really interesting to see how he works at the five now that the Kings are kind of utilizing him in that role. He's got star in his DNA. His father was fantastic. Wish he had played more in the NBA than he did, but still the, possibly after Jokic, the best passing big man. Is that Something you might might be able to agree on? Dad, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So I got to go with him as my second one. And then my third, you're going to see this is starting to trend towards the generation. Like you, you can clearly identify that I am a younger person than the two of you. Why can't you say younger person with air quotes as if it's like- I didn't use air quotes. I I just moved my hand. I didn't I didn't go like younger person. Just make your fucking <laughs> Shay Gilgis Alexander. I, t- I, I told you. I, so it, predictable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was. And you know why? Because SGA is really damn good. And it's a shame that he has not been able to play at the end of the season, the last two years and go the distance and get the all NBA vote. Well, he wouldn't quite be in that c- category yet, but he's still so good and so promising that I can't let him go. I just simply can't. And I'm rolling out SGA, Clay Thompson, and DeMontis Sabonis. I feel good. I feel good. Ah, oh, well, we said it's not it's not based on like you're not building a team. But I know that. I as far that. as like best best talent available, um it's funny, you're 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 drafting by your era, and yes. John has two dudes from the eighties, and I'm all over the place with my draft. Um I'm wondering if that's going to be a trend that continues now when John has the next pick. Um, I'm I'm just I'm I'm thinking of SGA. He's good. He's a good basketball player. Would you trade RJ for him? I was about to say eleven. No, no, they're not RJ. Why, why do you hate RJ? Eleven, a future unprotected Knicks first. And uh, quickly, and um, Fournier probably doesn't get the salary done. Yeah, yes or no? I mean, no. Okay. But 
No, you don't do that or no, they don't do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, they, yeah, they don't. I would do it. Actually, they just the Thunder are not going to take it. Yeah. He's that good. You're trading like I don't know. It depends on like future six, You're trading 60 cents for a dollar there. Exactly. Five years of team control. Five. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a lot of team control. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Uh, I have a couple ways I could go here. Um, it's going to be an old guy. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> because here, here's the thing. I, I think this actually, with this pick coming, like there, there's some chalk picks here. There's some guys who were like established, either all-star or very near all-star talent, not in the 50s or 60s, but like in the, like the 80s or 90s um, that are available here. And then there's a guy who was never in serious conversation for an all-star team. Um, but outside of um, a bunch of guys who played for the Celtics in the 50s and 60s, won more NBA championships 
than um, any player in the history of basketball. And the guy I'm talking about, of course, is Robert Ory. And that's going to be my pick here. Um, Robert Ory, uh, you know, you don't get the name Big Shot Rob without good reason. He won championships, uh, two championships, obviously, with the Houston Rockets when he was a rookie. Or actually, no, he, was he, that was his second year. I should know this. Um, yes. Second yeah, and third second, year. Second and third year. Okay. Um, and then he went over to Los Angeles and was part of their three-peat and then had a final act of his career when he was with the Spurs and won championships in 2005 and 2007. Uh, I think the is Robert Ory a Hall of Famer discussion is probably overblown. He's not a Hall of Famer. He was never a Hall of Famer. And again, there are there are Hall of Famers on the board here. I'm just acknowledging that. And I am bypassing those guys uh, for a player that like, you know, I think we especially today we do all of these like trade things and draft things. And we're always talking about like who who can be part of a championship core. Robert Ory, any era, any style of play, anything you want to throw at him. That dude could be on the court for 30 minutes a night. Uh, you wouldn't have to worry about him on either end of the court. He'd give you big shots. He'd give you everything you could possibly want. Um, I know he never averaged more than 12 points a game. I don't care. Robert Ory is my pick. Okay. Um, damn. Did you want Ori? Yeah, a little bit. That's okay. Well done, John. Wow, my whole get the third pick strategy backfired significantly. Um, Why would you celebrate it? I was like, I, again, I thought Ralph Sampson was <laughs> really great when he helped the Celtics at center. Um, okay. Uh, I will start with, let me see, is this guy a Hall of Famer? I think he's all, no. Did Clifford Robinson ever make the Hall of Fame? Clifford Robertson? Yeah. Well, I don't think uh, so. Hold on. Um, oh, man. Did I do it again? I don't know how to handle this. No. So he's the ninth pick, second round ninth pick. Did I do this? No. So hold on. Neither Cliff Robinson nor Clifford Robinson made the Hall of Fame. I just want you to know that those are two different people. <laughs> I knew you were going with this. <laughs> and look, Cliff Robinson was a very good basketball player. Uh-huh. So you may want to take him with this selection, and that's fine. So the guy that played for the Nets, uh, the draft by the Nets in 1979, is not the guy that played for the Blazers throughout the... He is not okay. the same person as that other gentleman. No. <laughs> okay. All this is getting cut. Um, no! <laughs> it's staying in here. <laughs> no! This is part of the thing now. Okay. It is here. We are here. These are your NBA capitals, Andrew. We can't cut this. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> What's the capital of Italy? All right. I'm going to just kind of go rogue here um, because I clearly... My research is... I'm, I'm shook. I'm, I'm completely uh, off my game. And I'm going to go JJ Redick with my first or my technically my third pick love because it. I love his podcast. Great pod. And, <laughs> um, and there are no other like players. Super informative. JJ Redick. Yeah. That, listen, I have no other. 
None of them at least take it 11. At least they, unless there's one in the 50s. Uh, JJ James Reddick. Johnson Reddick. Jonas Johansson Reddick. 42% three-point shooter for his career, by the way. JJ Reddick. As well as a 55% effective field goal percentage. Um, one could argue should have been the second or third best player on a couple teams that made conference finals. If Chris Paul didn't decide to let uh, Josh Smith come back on him. Um, and then if, you know, a ball bounces a different way from when Kawhi took that game winner, he would have been on the, the Sixers team that potentially won a title. All that to say, JJ Redick, um, old man in the three and in my third pick. And then I believe <laughs> that there's I'm only out with it. Listen, man, I don't even know. I don't even know like who else is I, I I'm accidentally gonna take somebody that was like drafted third, I think. Um look, I'm just gonna take Michael Carter Williams because I think he's the only other person on this list that's won an award. So wow. Michael Carter Williams will be my other pick. I thought you were gonna take Gus Johnson. Gus no. Honeycomb Johnson, thinking that maybe it was the same guy who the does broadcaster. the, the yes. broadcaster. Yes. I'll Sounds just take, listen, he won an award. When we do, listen, when we put the poll out for people to vote for this, I'm praying nobody actually listened. I'm praying that they're just voting rogue. And then they'll be like, oh, Claudio's got like a rookie of the year. I get it. I'll JJ Reddick, solid career. And not realizing I tried to take people that just weren't even eligible or even the same person that I thought they were. Um, so yeah, JJ Redick and Michael Carter Williams will be my two picks. Okay. Well, is it me again? Yes. It is you. It is me. Okay. Okay. Um, this is good because, uh, a couple of the guys that I was thinking about, um, in the last round, uh, are, are still available, uh, as is Cole Aldridge. It was not someone I was thinking about in the last round. Um, be there. he's on the board. He's on the board. Skull Audrey's still on the board. Um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the heart here. Um, there are a few things that I hold uh, in my heart with true conviction. Uh, one of them is that had um, I don't know Hakeem Olajuwon's reaction timing been. Five percent less than it was, or maybe he was missing a fingertip or two. I know, or or uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, maybe good old Johnny decides to go six for eighteen as opposed to two for eighteen. I I will always believe that this man uh, deserved to win the Finals MVP award in nineteen ninety four, and that is no shade on Patrick Ewing, but. I mean, listen, Derek Harper was the best player in those finals. Um, he was only on the Knicks for a couple of years, but it left an indelible uh, imprint on me. And that was towards the tail end of his career, because for a decade before that, he was a player on the Dallas Mavericks, who was, again, never an all-star. Um, made, I think, what was it, a couple of defense teams? Yeah, made a couple of defense teams. Um, topped out, you know, again, not, not a big numbers guy. But at the same time, like better, better numbers than you think, better numbers than you remember him for. I mean, it, he averaged nearly 20 points a game one year, a couple other years around 18, 17. Um, Derek Harper, he's my guy. 
really like him. Um, and that's, that's who I'm taking. It was a good choice. Cause I was going to take harp. I'm happy that I stole him. It's okay. I stole clay Thompson from Andrew. You stole and my, well, yes, from Andrew. two players who don't anyways. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was David Harbor. The guy from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I didn't even select him. I didn't even write him down because I didn't think he was eligible. So bad job by me. Yeah. Harper, I barely knew her. Nah, God. I thought that was Ron Harper that was on the list. Oops. Okay. Go ahead, Jeremy. Tough, tough beat. <laughs> was it Lee Harper? Harper Lee? Harper, Harper Lee? Lee. <laughs> I thought it was Harper Lee. Is that not our, the, the, one of the greatest books of all time? Her, her uh, wins above replacement. It's all great. Um, I get two picks. You do. Yes. You get your last two picks. Your last two picks. These are my last two. Yeah. And I feel like you guys have done a pretty solid job. All of us. We've kind of cleaned up. No, we haven't. Not all of us. Well, most of us have done a really solid job here. At least two thirds of us have Uh done very solid jobs. Solid jobs. So I shift towards the younger generation naturally, but just looking at a lot of these players who are on the board in the 2000s and the 90s, the 80s, maybe it's just because I'm living to see it. Maybe it's being a prisoner of the moment, but I mean, I feel like I kind of have to take Miles Turner here. Mm, wow. Wow. Um, James yeah. Booknight didn't do it for you? Uh, no, he, he did not qualify. Thanks yeah, to Devin, Devin Vassell. He's good. Dang. Jeremy, you should have took Reggie Miller. You have Pacers all mm. over your team. Yeah, I should have. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, two is enough. And one of them doesn't even play for them anymore. anymore but yeah. you'd have Pacers draft picks is my point. I would. Well, hey, they've done a really great job over the years of picking outside of the top 10. And uh, it certainly has shown. Mm-hmm. With Miles Turner, I mean, he's two-time block champion. All-rookie member. Um, doesn't do a whole ton outside of that. Like if we were making a team of five where we're trying to think of best talent and fit and whatnot might go another direction since I have Sabonis, but we're not doing that. We're just grabbing the best talent that seems to be on the board. And he has his flaws and his warts and he gets hurt frequently. And I, I don't really want him on the Knicks anymore for reasons stated otherwise uh, in, in previous podcasts, but I feel like he's probably got to be my pick here. So I'm going with Miles Turner here. I mean, you're, okay. you're, you're sticking to the bit. So I am, I'm, I am, but I think the last one, and listen, if I miss out on someone and, and I should have taken them, then I'll wear it. I'll wear the, the, the shame, but I'm actually going to go back in time. And for my fifth player, I'm going to go with John Sally. Oh, bad boy. There Mm -hmm. you go. Four time NBA champ, but an integral piece of the bad boys Pistons. Um, I just looking at my collection of players, I need someone a from out of this era and B who is like, if we're talking about Robert Horry in the way that John, you were talking about him, I feel like John Sally, not quite the player, at least in terms of like big shots. Like there's not, a big shot Sally or a big block Sally, but, uh, big enough- block Sally. <laughs> uh, but enough where <laughs> he deserves a spot in the final one of my five. So I'm taking John Sally. I forgot he was on the 96 bulls. Mm-hmm. Came out of retirement for it. 
Yeah, yeah. After the Lakers one, excuse me. The, the Lakers one, he came out of retirement. Yeah, yeah but the Bulls one, he was. Yeah, he was there. Eleven point, eleven minutes a game. Jeez. Not a huge, you know, not on neither of those teams, but right. regardless, you got know, the job done. Um, <clears throat> he gets to put four-time champ on his resume. Yeah. Okay. There's Jeremy's team is complete. John, your last pick. Okay. Um, the chalk pick here, ironically enough, as a guy I said before, is Gus Johnson. So Gus Johnson drafted um, 11th overall in 1963. Is is I'm throwing your bone here, Andrew, if you want to take this guy. No, nah, I already have my pick written down. Oh, well, okay. So yeah. uh, let me let me give a shout out to Gus Johnson because he's undoubtedly going to be the best player not drafted. NBA Hall of Famer, five-time All-Star, um, four-time All-NBA second-teamer, uh, two-time All-Defense. He was on the late 60s and early 70s uh, Baltimore Bullets squads. Like, just a, one of those, like, really, really good players that's just absolutely lost the time. Um, I'm not taking him because, I'll be very honest, I forgot Gus Johnson existed before I started researching for this exercise, even though I'd come across the name before. Um, also going to give a, a shout out to, I can't believe I'm giving shout outs to people who have been dead for many, many years. Um, Vern Mickelson, uh, Vern Mickelson, <laughs> he of the Minneapolis Lakers and Hamline University, which I just had to look up a private liberal arts college in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yes. Vern Nicholson played in the days when uh, those folk uh, made their way into the NBA, but another Hall of Famer, six-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, and four-time uh, NBA champion with the Minneapolis Lakers. Not picking him either. Uh, I'm going Kevin Willis. Uh, Kevin Willis is a guy that like, I remember watching. I remember being a guy who was like, you know, that dude's not a great player, but he's not... He's, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, I think he made one all-star team. I believe he maybe even made an all-NBA team. Um, no, never made an all-NBA. Oh, yeah, no, he did make an all-NBA team. Uh, won a championship later in his career eh. with San Antonio. Eh, he won a championship. He's on the roster of a team that won a championship, yes. No, but from, like, from, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you right now. When he, I mean, his heyday was with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, a solid what six year stretch he was good for like 16 or 17 and 11 uh efficient player like he was he was he was a very integral part of those good but not great hawks teams yes uh where you were like eh, their third best player is kevin willis if their third best player was somebody else maybe they'd be a little better but um i'm gonna give credit where credit's due so i'm gonna finish it up with kevin my only pushback was the one a champion. I remember that game five against the Nets or game six against the Nets. Yeah, game six against the Nets when he was inserted for like the final 30 seconds with like Steve Smith and another guy that was a veteran that was just there to win a title. And it was like, hey, Kevin Willis won a title. Good for him. You know, it's he earned it, man. Kevin yes, Willis is good. All He's 36 good seconds of that that game six that he played. Um, but yes, in the sense of his actual accomplishments in his career, um, a solid pick for where we are in the draft. I, I I'm not sure exactly where he ranks, but that dude played until he was 44 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not bad. 
Yeah, LeBron's gonna beat him, but that's not bad. Um, not not that many people. Uh, he he uh, ninth all time in career, or excuse me, in career NBA games. Yeah, eighth all time. No, I, I was a big fan of his brother. What you talking about? But you know, well, 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 we'll celebrate Kevin Willis here on this podcast. Okay, now, Andrew, quickly. What? Now you uh, do know. Mm-hmm. That- Gus Johnson, the basketball player, and Gus Johnson, the announcer, are neither the same person nor are they related to each other. John just made that joke. I, I, I is he not? He's also not Howard Johnson. I'm saying it a second player. time. The restaurant aware of it. He's not Don Johnson of Miami Vice either. Mm-mm. He's no? also not Ron Johnson. Okay, shitty senator. Good. Yeah. Can I use? Uh, Although, real quick, before you make your last pick. I do think it is interesting that of the top 13 play uh, games played guys in NBA, excuse me, the top 12, top 12 games played guys in NBA history. Two of them were 11th overall picks, Reggie Miller and Kevin Willis. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, you can. Again, the point of this exercise is you can get somebody with the 11th overall pick. Yeah, it's going to make a difference in your franchise. Okay. Yeah. And like, so I'm going to just go with guys that I'm not taking real quick. Um, like Cam Johnson of the Phoenix Suns this year. We saw how much of a contribution he made. Um, Jared Jeffries. Like we did see what he looked like, not in a Isaiah Thomas contract, but when he came back with the Knicks later on as a backup center, like that is a contributor. Doug McDermott. He is a contributor on a team right now. Malik Monk. We saw what he was in the right role with the Lakers. Um, there are, are several other um, 11 picks that are out there. There's two players that I am back and forth between. Um, one, I mistook him for the late great uh, Clifford Robinson, but then I actually went and looked up Cliff Robinson's stats and there are multiple years of averaging close to 20 a game. He was um, good. He was yeah, a really good player. For the Nets and then the, the Kansas City Kings then obviously the Cavs. Um, I've got 17 a game, 17 and eight a game in for his career, which is actually not terrible. And then the other guy, I actually think um, gets a bad rap because we remember him for his worst career moment, which happened in the 1995 NBA finals. Um, and that is Nick Anderson. Oh, the guy who so brief history lesson for those of you that don't remember um, the Orlando magic used to have something close to a a dynasty forming, or at least people thought because the team that won the number one pick in the NBA draft this year, won it in back-to-back years in the early nineties. The first time they won it, they took Shaquille O'Neal out of LSU. The second time they won it, they took Chris Weber out of Michigan and traded said pick to uh, golden state for Anthony Penny Hardaway uh, and three first round picks. Um, later on, I think they, in a, in a next draft, they drafted Nick Anderson with the 11th pick. Um, and then he yeah, actually, we have the cheat sheet in front of me. Yeah. Nick Anderson actually happened in 1989. Um, and so they, they had him already there and he was part of their starting five, this team that won over 60 games and made the NBA finals swept Reggie Miller's. Um, uh, eliminated Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, and then and then beat Reggie Miller's uh, Indiana Pacers in the conference finals in 1995 uh, in seven games. That game seven was a blowout. 
And in game one against Akeem Olajuwon and the defending champion Houston Rockets, the Magic had a three-point lead with like 15 seconds to go. And the Rockets fouled Nick Anderson. He proceeded to miss two free throws. He got his own rebound and got fouled again. He then proceeded to miss two more free throws. Rockets get the rebound. Kenny Smith gets an inbounds pass, hits a three to tie the game. Rockets win in overtime, go on to sweep the Magic. Shaq's off the team in two years, and the Magic have never been close to that, that close, I think, to a championship since Dwight Howard era, uh, notwithstanding. Um, there's actually a really good 30 for 30 on those Magic that has a segment all about Nick Anderson. Yeah, it's good. Because the next year, he was a. This is the last year of his contract. And they said, like, we'll we'll extend you, but we want to like put clauses in your contract that like you got to make a certain number of free throws. We want to know that this didn't men- mess with you mentally. And Nick Anderson says, like, no, it absolutely did. I stopped going to the rim because I was afraid of the free throw line. Um, so it's a real shame that this did what it did to his career. Um, I liken it a little bit to what happened to J.R. Smith in that we will not remember him for the sixth man of the year or the clutch bench playing that he had with the Cavs or even like the high flying dunk contest stuff that he did with the Nuggets. We remember that he forgot the score after getting a key rebound in game one of the NBA finals in which LeBron was in demigod mode. So um, all of this to say, I remember Nick Anderson for the player that he was and the contributor to a team that was this close to a title um, in the 90s. And I will take him with my last pick. Shout out to Cliff Robinson, though. Can I give a couple of shout outs? Yeah, quick? go ahead. Uh, Bonzi Wells uh, was actually, even though he maybe had the not best reputation by the end, uh, with, he was a member of the Jailblazers. That, mm-hmm. There was some you know, stuff going on there. He was a really good player. Um, Terrell Brandon. So, uh, Nick fan, older Nick fans may remember him as the salary that needed to be included in the Keith Van Horn Latrell Sprewell trade. Um, and he that, that hadn't played an NBA game in a year by the when that trade was made, and he never played another game again. He retired shortly thereafter. Um, he was once upon a time like a 19 and seven point guard, two time NBA All Star, like really, really solid player. It was bef- six years before the Latrell Sprewell trade, he was traded for Sean Kent to give you an idea of like, and like prime Sean Kemp, like when Kemp was still good. Um, so Terrell Brandon, uh, really good player. Will Purdue, you know, won championships with the Chicago Bulls. Does it deserves mention? He got an interview in the, in the last dance. You're right. Yeah. Yes. He, he got to be, he's, he got more face time than Luke Longley in the last dance. That is a thing. Deservedly. So, mm-hmm. um, Lift fat, even though he just went by fat eventually. Uh, Lever, um, all defense guy. He was a one time all NBA guy, two time all star with the Denver Nuggets. Like he was, again, really good player with uh, the world pick. And then last but not least, um, guy who spent a couple of years uh, playing alongside his uh, college teammate, Bernard King, with the Knicks. Uh, and that is Ernie Vanduin. Who, or sorry, not Ernie Vanduit, Ernie Grunfeld, uh, who would obviously later go on to um, a prominent front office position with the New York Knicks. He was also drafted 11th overall and uh, was a pretty good player there for a little while. That's it. No more shout outs for me. It's mercifully over this draft. For you. 
Yeah, I know. I cannot wait to go take some NyQuil and go just pass out until Monday when I decide to edit this. Uh, <laughs> thank you for toughing this one out. We appreciate it. Uh, Jeremy, anything from you before we get out of here? Uh, quick thing. John, I owe you an apology. Ooh! Yes. What? I'm so excited. What? Last episode, my brain... <laughs> Jeremy, you saw what I did, right? I didn't. John did it. I have no idea what you're talking about. My brain said Keldon Johnson and my mouth said Kendall Johnson. And then I accidentally gaslit you. So my apologies. Yes. I I may or may not have done some creative editing and rewound the tape and had... Because Jeremy was like, that's what I said, Keldon Johnson. And then I put a rewinder oh, great. video Love effect. It. I recommend you guys go rewatch that <laughs> All there. That's fair. Of the pod. I, and I, was, I had you going, Kendall Johnson, Kendall Johnson, Kendall Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I accept your apology. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, nothing else to add. Uh, anything else from you? <laughs> that was it. That was good. Andrew? Um, shout out to our friend of the pod that was here oh, last yes. week. Hmm. Uh, CP the franchise. CP. And is this next step that he's taking at SiriusXM. Um, paved the way for the rest of us, buddy. Although I think after this episode, ESPN's off the table for us. Um, for me, at least. Yeah, I was about to say. Although Unless John... Woes loose. I was about to say. <laughs> the only thing we lost is the ability to someday be asked to uh, host the 10 part podcast series on Ralph Sampson's career. Yes. Or Clifford Robinson for that matter. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, CP beggars can't be choosers. Anyway, CP, congratulations to you, buddy. Um, as other members of the Knicks content community, uh, we wish you the best and look forward to seeing what you bring to the table as you uh, improve the lineup over at Sirius. Well said. Uh, Congrats, CP. Congrats, Next Fan TV. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with this opportunity. Uh, I have no doubt that you're going to kill it. And uh, of course, we end epi- this episode as we do every episode, which is thanking you, our listeners, for checking out another episode of the Next Film School podcast. Um, we got some more good stuff coming up this week. We're going to, uh, over the next uh, couple weeks, as we move closer to free agency and the draft and everything, we will uh, be speaking to some folks that are in tune with some different teams who the Knicks may potentially be thinking about doing business with to get some inside insight on um, both their players and what they think of the Knicks players. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back on the cap or no cap next weekend. And uh, I think that's it. Hope everybody had a good weekend and enjoy your week. Peace out.